lunch I eat a sandwich with a glass of Coke to roll. No one can see you drinking when you're working from home. I still produce reports in a professional font. But now when I have downtime, I can do what I want. And welcome to the Existentialist Cucumber, the podcast that understands that in a room of 100 people, 99 won't slap you, but one will. And my name is Larry Wu. <laughs> and I'm uh, Curtis Withers. Larry, how are you doing, sir? I, I am doing well. I'm doing well. I'm glad you're feeling a lot better uh, yep. after a week of recovering. We'll talk about that in, in a little bit. So glad you're back. Now, we do have a pretty big show. It's been a week, but man, this story still has legs. And that's the Will Smith slapping the life out of Chris Rock, uh, which I, I think is doing his ticket sales for his stand-up very well uh, after that, but he won't talk about <laughs> I, it still. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, that kind of publicity can only can only fuel the, uh, the, the, the curious to buy tickets. The story's gone long enough that we don't need to belabor the point, but uh, I don't know, Curtis, like, let's just get each other's thoughts. Like, what did you think of what happened there? Um, I, I guess like I would have been surprised. Like I know that 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 uh, you know some of the presenters have said like, oh my god, I was so you know, you know, I was so taken aback by it. Like you know, I've seen I've we've all seen like dumb things happen at, at the Oscars, like the wrong uh, movie <laughs> get the uh, get the award for best picture. <laughs> yeah, and stuff like that. But it usually doesn't, doesn't result in physical violence. Yeah, you don't see what was it, La La Land and Moon Moonlight. What, yeah, what, yeah, you don't see like a, a a brawl that year. No, no, you just saw you you just you just saw you just saw one one movie where the the. The, like the cast and the directors and stuff didn't get their moment because they said it was La La Land. And then it's like, they're basically going to credits and they're like, oh, actually it was Moonlight. And then it's like, <laughs> we don't even have time for a speech. <laughs> I mean, somebody deserved to get slapped. Like, I can't remember who, who, who are the, the uh, geriatrics who read the, the, I, the, I, I, the I couldn't remember. I just know that Jimmy Kimmel was the host because he, because the late night talk host show hosts all <laughs> got a field day at, uh, on the on the following Monday. And, oh yeah. And Jimmy Kimmel's one of his jokes was yeah he would now have the second uh, most controversial Oscar host jo- uh, gig. So, <laughs> I, I you know to to me I saw it live and yeah. I, as I was telling you before the show, it was kind of weird. I thought oh maybe it is staged because of just chris rock's reaction and then yeah. they and then they muted the mic on the feed and we're like oh wait he's will screaming stuff and uh and because they didn't cut to commercial so uh, some things that i felt really bad chris rock was giving away best documentary which quest love won for and i think we talked about it in a pri- previous episode and that's the summer of soul which is right. a, a great documentary so again like his moment ruined, but he has a vehicle being uh, part of the house band of Jimmy Fallon. So he, I, I didn't watch Jimmy Fallon, but I'm sure they gave him some time to, to talk about winning it and, and yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like Will could have just shouted what he said. Like, I don't 
think he should have gotten out of his chair and like a like assaulted the guy. Well, in the in the past, when like Ricky Gervais told a joke that was like maybe maybe like on the on the boundaries of acceptability or whatever. It would just be like Sean Penn or whatever would just give him the stink face and afterwards say, like, you know, we take our art very seriously. We don't appreciate that. And then that's good enough. You don't need to go and, like, slap the guy in the face. And let's, let's, not, let's not sort of forget that, that this, was a, this was a G.I. Jane joke. How many people even remember G.I. Jane? In 2022, I was going to say that same thing. It only it, I, I, If you asked me in 2022, there would be like a G.I. Jane reference. I was thinking, hey, wait, Chris, that's like Curtis and I's uh, shtick. That's, we, we do pull out stupid references <laughs> in today's world. But you're right. It's like, how, how insulting is that? You know, I think it was a Ricky Gervais joke. If it was me, I wouldn't have made fun of her hair. I would have made fun of her one of her boyfriends. Oh yeah, that's right. So <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah. hold on a sec. Hey, it's Will Smith. <laughs> oh, that's Will Smith's music. By God, what would Will Smith's music be? Would it be the theme to Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Oh, his 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 run in music. Yeah, his run in music. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, but you know. This is the last year that they're going to do that format, that the way that they're seated. Because I think if they were in the old school auditorium style, it, I don't think he would have done it. Because I, I, if if anyone didn't watch the Oscars, or of course they all seen the scenes, the the front section were basically tables, like the Golden Globes. Mm, yeah. So it was easy for Will to get up and get to the stage unimpeded but if you were in like a theater and he was sitting i don't know like middle of the row like he wouldn't i don't think will smith and jada would have had an aisle seat it would have been a pain in the ass to get up and go to the stage you know what i mean like you'd have to get up and excuse me excuse me excuse me like you were in a movie theater excuse me pardon me excuse me pardon me he would have had to have he would have had to have jazzy jazzy jeff come in as a seat filler on the wing (laughs) jazzy jeff would have been a seat filler on the wing and then when and then and then when uh, when Chris Rock made his joke, like Will Smith would have just kind of kind of looked, gave a knowing nod to Jazzy Jeff, who would have went down and then just like slapped the slapped the hell out of uh, Chris Rock. That's how that's how you get around it for the for for the for the auditorium style. You just have to have a hanger on. Uh, no, no, you're totally right. Now, Curtis, it was oscars that previous weekend you we didn't record right after i did prepare a fun segment uh to test your pop culture knowledge so a little oscar quiz for you sir all right all right so i'm gonna do the let's just say the three main categories leading actor leading actress best picture i'm gonna do two from each category I'm going to name two of the nominees. One of one of them is was indeed the winner. Mm-hmm. I want you to pick the actual winner. Okay. So this was the 50th uh, Oscars in 1977. Wow. Okay. So don't worry. It's you have two choices. One is Richard Dreyfus for the Goodbye Girl, or Woody Allen, Annie Hall. This is like best actor. 
best actor uh, in a leading role. So basically the, the role that Will Smith was still allowed to accept <laughs> and do the longest speech. Cause I guess they were too afraid of playing him off and him like diving into the orchestra pit and like starting a brawl. Yeah, man. Yeah. He, he basically had everybody held hostage by his randomness. Yep. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to guess, I don't know if Woody Allen has ever been a best actor winner so i'm gonna say uh, dreyfus you are correct sir richard dreyfus did win uh best actor in a leading role for the goodbye girl i don't think i've ever actually seen that movie no neither have i but it's not the it's not the mcu so i haven't seen it (laughs) bit of side trivia so uh annie hall did win best picture that year Uh, do you know what movie it beat it out curtis 1977? 1977. Uh, Star Wars A New Hope? That's correct. (laughs) (laughs) Now, now in terms of today's cancel culture, like Woody Allen's like totally toxic. I say give it, give it to Star Wars. Like take, take his Oscar away and give it to Star Wars. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It deserves it. Okay. Andy Hall. Yeah. Here's, here's another one. Uh, Another best actor. This was in 1999. Denzel Washington for the hurricane or Kevin Spacey for American beauty. Ah, yeah, that's a good one. I'm going to say Denzel Washington for the hurricane. Ah, you are incorrect. Kevin Spacey won that year for American beauty. Denzel won his for training day. Oh, training day. That's right. Yes. Yes. Really? Like, I mean, he was fine in it, I guess, but speaking of toxic, (laughs) <laughs> like, you, you can kind of see the theme that i'm picking yeah. here yeah <laughs> who's next fatty arbuckle well you know <laughs> but it, it is it is interesting that you kind of you know looking back at uh at, at some of these just to kind of get a sense of you know <laughs> movies days gone by i i was actually surprised about the annie hall star wars one because i was i knew that star wars was up I just didn't know who what beat it out, and I looked it up in, in researching this quiz, and I was like, "Oh, Annie Hall, ah, oh, jeez, <laughs> you know, that was back when Woody Allen was actually, you know, good." Yeah. Now I'm not gonna tell you this one, but uh, Diane Keaton won for uh, Annie Hall that year as well. Right. Okay. In 1981, the 54th uh, Academy Awards. This is actress in a leading role. So, Curtis, was it Catherine Hepburn for On Golden Pawn or Meryl Streep for The French Lieutenant's Woman? Oh, that's a, that's a <laughs> tough one. <laughs> Let's go with Meryl Streep for The French Lieutenant's Woman. You are incorrect. Oh. Catherine Hepburn won for On Golden Pawn that year. Man, I like the I like the Dead or Alive quiz better. <laughs> Much better at that. These are all, these are all movies that I haven't seen that I should have, that I should have seen. Well, okay. So here's another one. We'll we'll stay in the '80s for this one for the for the actresses because she's up again. 1988, Meryl Streep for A Cry in the Dark or Jodie Foster for The Accused. Jodie Foster for The Accused. You are correct. Yes. Meryl Streep basically was like in the 80s, was nominated every year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it's Meryl Streep. Like, yeah. But yeah, that, 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 
that that was my that was my that was my trick because I was looking at two 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 times where she did not win. I think I remember the the uh, I remember Jodie Foster winning for the accused. All right, so this one should be an easy one because for this is for best picture. Okay. In 1979. Okay. Was it Apocalypse Now mm-hmm. or Kramer versus Kramer? Kramer versus Kramer. You are correct. Apocalypse Now. I just, I just don't think that that there that uh, the Academy would vote for that. You know, like too dark. Yeah, yeah I, I get you. All right, here we go, Curtis. Nineteen ninety. So, okay, teenager Curtis would have yep. maybe you know scrounged up his money to go see this for you know what was what do movies cost back then? Like eight bucks. Yeah, yeah, four dollars on Tuesdays. Yep. Dances with Wolves or Goodfellas? It's going to be... Da- I, I, I can just see it being Dances with Wolves. It was Dances with Wolves. Yeah. That was one of those, that was one of those critical darlings that, like, I don't know, Teenage Curtis just wasn't... Teenage Curtis probably enjoyed Goodfellas quite a bit, but didn't couldn't get through Dances well, that, with that, Wolves. Well, that year was a really interesting year. So, the... the, the all the other nominees were Awakenings, mm-hmm. Ghost, Godfather Part Three. Go oh, Godfather Part Three. <laughs> yeah. Talk, talk about just talk about like 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 just just riding in on the coattails of their previous. That, work. That, that was the famous. Wasn't that the famous line, Pacino? You know, I try to leave and they just keep dragging me back. Again, yep. Yeah, yep, right? That's, you know, yeah. hey, what, what, what you do? Uh, no, no, I think you did pretty well, Curtis, because, you know, it, it's tough to kind of think back. And I also picked ones that, you know, most likely could have won. Yeah, yeah. You know, so. Uh, Ghost was up for best picture? <laughs> Ghost was up wow. for best picture. Hey, talk about the now. Do do you see the tie-in with GI Jane? I do now. Yes, yes. <laughs> hey, you know i I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let uh, Chris Rock take uh, pop culture jabs well, at us for doing references of. Obscure. I just want to see. I just want to see just just people making like offensive jokes all the time now, just referencing Demi Moore movies like a, like you know Saint Elmo's Fire. <laughs> The seventh sign, and that that all of a sudden becomes like the most insulting thing. <laughs> yeah, you 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 see someone with short hair. Hey, Demi, when are you gonna start making some extra pottery? Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, or or doesn't she spend like three quarters of the movie crying? Um, that sounds right. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember. I remember, I remember Whoopi Goldberg was in it. Yeah, and. And there was the pottery scene. Are you watching Picard right now? She Guinan is in it, right? Like she she's in a few episodes of Picard. I, I, season. You know what? We haven't started watching it yet, but uh, yeah, I think she is. And I think like for the next season, they're going to bring back the whole TNG cast, from what I understand. Oh, <laughs> oh! Jerry, you hear I that can... moan? You hear that moan? Oh. <laughs> Age in space. Be, yeah, the geriatric show. Uh, although, although I will admit uh, that 
in the first season of Picard where there is that you know the the episode where he goes and and hangs out with uh with Riker and Deanna Troy on Riker's little sort of like like oh the 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 cottage yeah the, or the cottage lakeside house. yeah I think I cried a little bit like like you know just like oh it's so good to see them together again oh the, think, the nostalgic feels the nostalgic feels but I think a whole season of it would would wear thin pretty quickly. God, please. Is that just in fact what's going to happen? Uh, I'm just going to like you're oh boy. Let's not. not <laughs> let's not. OK, uh, let's let's go on some, to some good news here. So last night, the uh, last night, the Raps won against the Hawks and Cleveland lost clinching after last season's. Oh, the Tampa Bay exile. Yeah, yeah. Th- that yeah. painful season uh, watching watching our guys not make the playoffs, uh, you know, clinching last night. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and uh, you know, they were not predicted to make the playoffs by many of the pundits. Like, and, and I don't even mean make the playoffs, like even make the play in because now you can finish in top 10 and get into the play in tournament. They weren't even expected by a lot of the, 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 the pundits down South to even do that. Yeah. It was, it's been, it's been, they've been fun to watch this year, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, they've got some, they've, they've got some flaws in their makeup. Like they could, they could use somebody who could, you know, sort of like reliably, hit three pointers. They seem to have a lot of streaky guys, but um, you know, stuff like that. But they've but they're they're so much fun to watch on defense. I think basketball defense is really underrated, in my mm-hmm. opinion. You know, everybody just wants to talk about like Steph Curry scoring like 40 points a game or whatever. I love I love seeing somebody get stuffed. Like go up for go up for a, a layup or whatever, and just get the ball like shoved right in their face. That's my favorite thing in basketball is just seeing like or 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 seeing a shot clock violation. Like I love seeing seeing an offense get so humiliated that they can't even get a shot off. <laughs> no, no, love and, it. And and then you have uh, guys like Gary Trent Jr. who are like what seven steals in six games. Yeah, Something that guy's. Kind of crazy. Yeah, that guy is, he's, he's he's got like active hands. He's a really active defender. They got tons of those guys, and so yeah, they're just they're just really fun. I don't know how far they're going to go in the playoffs, but I mean, all the teams ahead of them, they they play them well. Like they played Miami well this year. They've played Philly well this year. They've played Boston decently well this year. You know, they've played Milwaukee. They've they've played Milwaukee well this year. Um, you know they won the season series with them. So yeah. who knows? I I I I, I like what you mentioned about the pundits. I I also love going back and seeing all the old tweets and articles uh, about the draft. Yeah, and, and and just the reaction of uh the Raptors picking up Scotty Barnes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was I was one of them. Like I was one of the the doubters. Like I wasn't like losing my mind on Twitter or anything, but I was, I, I expected them to pick Jalen Suggs because he seemed like the kind of guy that, that they needed, like, you know, like a sort of like an offensive guard, um, especially with like Lowry leaving in the, uh, in the off season. 
And instead they went with this guy who was like all, all sort of like high ceiling, you know, work in progress. And he entered the season just a complete player. Oh yeah. (laughs) It was amazing. I was not expecting that. So (laughs) fantastic, fantastic um, sort of analyzing of the draft class and drafting by the Raptors. And and where's Jalen Suggs in terms of the rookie ratings now? Very very uh, low down there. Yeah, it's basically it, it's basically the top three are Evan Mobley and Cleveland, who is the guy I really wanted the Raptors to get, but I knew that he would be taken before they could pick. Uh, Cade Cunningham in Detroit, who went first overall, yeah, and then and Barnes is those three, and I think Jalen Green in yeah. Houston has really come on. Um, and there's a couple other guys who've been who've been pretty good, but uh, those three have been really good. And I think like I don't think Barnes is necessarily going to win Rookie of the Year. I think like Evan Mobley uh, had such a good first half of the season that you know basically it was his to lose. Hmm. As good as Barnes has been, I don't know if he's done enough to change that conversation. But uh, but man, like just just fun to see such a good sort of rookie class. Oh, yeah, definitely. And you're right. It, they've been a f- super fun team to watch. Yeah, yeah. Um, so another thing that was f- super fun, not the last game, but this was the weekend game, I guess, before the Oscars. It was in Toronto and the crazy speaker fire that evacuated <laughs> the building. Yes. Uh, yeah, so they were back to playing in front of... Uh, no fans is not because of COVID, but because yeah, the building got evacuated from the speaker fire, and then and it was surreal because like I I was late turning on the game, and I didn't go to that game. Uh, mm. I haven't been to a game for a while, but uh, I'd sold my tickets for that one, and uh, I was late turning on the game, and then I'm like, what's going on? Like, why is, does it look like sort of like the 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 lockdown sort of atmosphere? And it was because of that fire. But as I was saying to you, uh, Larry, because um, because of the Raptors having to play in front of no fans, um, either like because of lockdown or or because of disinterest in Tampa last season, that they can actually channel the void. They <laughs> they can be empowered by the absolute silence in the stands. Just- Embrace the nothingness. Embrace the nothingness. And I think that game, they were playing Indiana. I think they won that yep. game by 40 points. Oh, it was <laughs> it was it did. was it was nuts because I yeah. they were I was watching the game on TV. Uh they evacuated the section, then they started evacuating more, and then the game was suddenly paused. And then at that point in time, you saw the players just kind of walk off court and then the announcers were allowed to stay on and, and, and explain what was going on. And then they went to NCAA. I think it was, they went to women's basketball. And at that point in time, the raps were winning, winning by a lot. And, and I was like, oh, don't end the game. Like they were, they were they had such good flow. And, and I just kept checking back. I think I was watching something else. I was just flipping back and forth. And then all of a sudden, I was like, well, the game's back on. <laughs> I went, did they let everyone back in? And I was like, nope. The stands were completely empty. Yeah. And I was just like, okay. But besides that, it was like this gaffe that happened. And I, by the way, this is the first season that I've kind of subscribed to TSN just so I could watch the raps. And 
the 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 commentating team of Jack Armstrong and Matt Devlin. Man, I love those two guys. <laughs> They're so entertaining. But that night, I think it was Jack Armstrong was trying to do a Anchorman uh, analogy and got Ron Burgundy incorrect and said Ron Jeremy. Yes. And just made Matt Devlin like lose it, like for like maybe two minutes. He just he couldn't, couldn't. He couldn't speak. He couldn't speak. He was <laughs> laughing. And he was laughing at this really high pitched. I, I did not expect his laugh to be like that. It was this high pitched sort of laugh. Um, he, it seemed like he was really struggling to catch his breath. Yeah, no, exactly. It, it, you know, it was it was like that laugh where you, if you, I'm sure we all know of them, where they're laughing so hysterically, nothing comes out. Yeah, yeah. Like it kind yeah. of felt like that, and he he kept telling Jack Armstrong, "Just just leave it. Just yeah, don't say anything." He's trying yeah, to recom- Yeah, because Jack Jack like kind of like kept egging it on. I was like, "Is that the guy, Ron Burgundy?" <laughs> no, no, Ron Jeremy. Ron, but he said Ron Jeremy first, right? Yeah. And then he kept saying Ron Burgundy, but he's like, "No, oh, you know." But but yeah, he said Ron Jeremy the first time. Ron Jeremy, obviously, of of of. of Speaking of toxic people, by the way. Oh Ron yeah, Jones. yeah, yeah. Jesus. Let's say yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're, we're just we're, we're just inserting them everywhere. Yeah, uh, of of adult cinema. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, like like I was saying to you earlier, like I just couldn't believe that was Matt Devlin's reaction to 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 sort of uh, confusing Ron Jeremy and Ron Burgundy. Like if we had done that, like if we had done something on the podcast where we're talking about Ron Burgundy. And we said, oh, yeah, and just as Ron Jeremy would say, you know, good, stay classy, San Diego, then the other person would have just gone, oh, oh, we, that's hilarious. You actually mean Ron Burgundy. And then that would have been the end of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Instead, <laughs> But me. it was like this, you're, you're right, it was like this awkward, yeah. almost a minute and a half where the game's going on, they're not calling the game, and he's yeah. trying to recompose himself. Yeah. With no, with with the games are already odd as as it is with the no with the no no audience. And yeah, everyone yeah. in the stand. So yeah, so I'm I'm laughing thinking about it. like I'm not laughing at the actual mistake, but I'm laughing so much at the at the reaction to it. <laughs> exactly, just the situation in general. Oh wow, yeah, that's fantastic. So go wraps. Uh, one thing that's also happening in the city as things are opening back up. I found this article or sorry post on reddit curtis that someone took a photo of one of the uh the convoy free dumb people so this is a white pickup truck fairly large pickup truck great big huge canadian flag you know what you know what it is curtis like every time i see a car with a canadian flag i just part of me was like oh like like my fist clench (laughs) uh with the word with freedom spelled not exactly the most the, the, the nicest printing with spray paint on the side of his car and it says on the back of his truck stop the uh mass mandates i guess or i don't know mask murders yeah. i i have no idea but the the photo was taken by the reddit user as he noticed that that freedom truck was parked diagonally across four spots yeah yeah, well, he's exercising his freedom. Yeah, like yeah. some of the comments are pretty funny. They're like, you know, it's like 
Freedom from mandated lines and, uh, you know. Yeah, exactly. Remove <laughs> parking man uh, line mandates. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, I think like, yeah, there's a lot of people, it seems, that confuse freedom with douchebaggery. Like, they're just, they're, like, they're, that's, that's what they want out of their freedom is the freedom to just be like, ah, you know, hell with it. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna park. I can't, I can't, I can't be, I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered like, like backing my truck out and, and putting it in between two painted lines. I'm just going to put it wherever. Well, Curtis, come on. Trudeau painted those lines because he hates us and wants to destroy Canada. Yeah. Yeah. He wants, he wants, he wants to waste our precious time by having us like spend two minutes to park. And you know, if you confronted that guy with the truck, he would totally be saying, look at all you sheep parking inside the lines. You're all brainwashed. Do the research. Yeah, he would. He would. Yeah. And then he'd, then he'd give you the link to a, to a YouTube, to an, to like an Alex Jones YouTube video. Yeah. Or, or some, some really sketchy looking website with a, with a, <laughs> yeah. with a flashing GIF. And yeah, maybe a hit counter. GIF. Yeah. And then it would tell you, it would tell you like, you know, about, uh, you know the the tyranny of parking laws, and then and then there would be an ad at the bottom for for a type of cryptocurrency. <laughs> Why my cryptocurrency? Well, you always have to insert that cryptocurrency in there, Curtis. Very good. Oh, I'll, yeah. give you a I'll give you a bell for that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll see if I can work in an NFT reference later too, and then, okay. then you know, check all the boxes. Now, as things are clearing up, of course, you were away. Last week, I, yep. I didn't say in the rerun, but you actually did catch the Rona. I finally got it. It took six waves, took six waves, and it finally caught up with me. Yep. Just like just like Galaga, always the sixth wave. It's always the hardest. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I was trying to sort of like get that situation where I had two ships side by side so that I had more firepower, but then that's high risk, high reward. And I ended up, because you can lose it. <laughs> I'll give you a point for that double ship reference. <laughs> you can even have triple ship. You can have triple ship. Maybe that should be your NFT, the double ship. The double ship? I think so. I think so. Okay. So, Curtis, you're, you're okay in talking about it. Mm-hmm. So, we no longer have to talk about this anecdotally about people getting it. So, because one of us has actually gotten it. So, yeah. Um, you know, what, what was your exposure? What was your case like? Well, it was um, so a couple of weeks ago. I was on vacation, and uh, and that was that Monday. They had lifted the the mandates, the mask mandate, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so, like while I was on vacation, like there was a c- couple of days I was reading a book for our book club, and so like a couple of times in the afternoon, I said like Ah, I'm gonna go to the bar and have a beer and read my book. And then go home, right? But uh, I'd go to the bar, like, you know, I'd go to one of the local bars. And, you know, there was me and maybe, like, two other patrons. And then the staff. But, like, nobody's wearing a mask at this point, including, like, the, the staff of the... the I'll, 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 I went to three bars in that scenario, and all three of them, nobody was wearing uh, a mask, either... either employees or or the patrons 
So it didn't seem like it seemed pretty reasonable. Like it seemed pretty spacious. There didn't people weren't like sitting very close to each other. It was distanced at least. Um, but I assume. I mean, I did have to take transit a couple of times over that week too. But it seems like that would have been the culprit. So one of those places, I think I picked it up just because it's just so transmissible. And yeah, so. Uh, so well, well, what what have your symptoms been like? Like you so, obviously didn't feel well enough to do the podcast last week. But. No, that was my worst day. So that Wednesday was my worst day. I didn't go to work. Um, didn't do the podcast. But it was it was like a cold, it was cold symptoms. There's nothing different from cold symptoms. I didn't have a fever. I realize it's different for different people are going to get different experiences with it. But for me, it was a cold. It was like a nasty cold. Okay. And there was two days in particular where it felt quite nasty. And then and then it's been like very, very mild. But I still have some symptoms. So I still have like a cough. Uh, I still have like a little bit of congestion, but extremely mild. Like I'm, I've, I'm, you know, feel like really energetic and, you know, stuff like I'm working, you know, like all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. I, and I'm like that with colds all the time. Like, like it always takes me like a couple of weeks before I can kick it completely. So, so it's just been a bad cold and it hasn't even been the worst cold I ever have. It still sucks. I still don't think that you should go out of your way to get it. Like yeah. it's still not worth getting. Avoid it if you can. And you're, and you're three shots in as yeah. well, right? So yes, you were saying at the, at, while we were planning the show, you said your worst fears came true and everybody's fine, which was you think you gave it to your parents. Yeah, they came over on the Sunday when uh, – because the Saturday I felt fine. And then the Sunday I kind of felt like a bit off, but like no, no, nothing that I could put my finger on. It didn't feel like a cold at this point. And so I tested myself with a rapid test, but I, I guess I wasn't far enough along for there to be enough viral load for a positive test. So it was negative. So I said, oh, that's fine. So my parents uh, were, were coming over that afternoon and they came over for a couple hours and then – on Wednesday, like when I still felt bad on that Wednesday when we were supposed to do the show and I tested positive, I called them and I said, like, I, you know, I just tested positive and you guys are here on Sunday. And they're like, oh, we feel fine. We feel fine. And then the next day I got a text from from my mom saying, oh, your dad is coughing up. a, You know, he's coughing up a storm, but he's testing negative. And I'm like, yeah, give him another day. And he'll test, he'll test positive. <laughs> I, I thought you should be like cursing you out. <laughs> No, no, no. They're they're I mean the thing is like they they they're not sure they got it from from our place, but but like I'm pretty sure that's what happened because you know the, ti- I, I the timing been, seems right. Yeah, yeah, the timing seems right. Well so. uh, but again, they they're just kind of experiencing cold like symptoms. Yeah. They're yeah, no one's ever they, they never questioned, oh, I should go to the hospital. No, no, no. I mean, like I think my mom felt a, a, a bit rough, uh, you know, and and my dad had a cough, but like like again, nasty cold. I don't think either of them had fever or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So well, hey, I, I'm glad you're feeling better and back yeah. on the show. And I, I, I was thinking I before Christmas I could count on one hand people that I knew that got it. Now I can count on one hand of people who I know that didn't <laughs> have gotten it yet. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So you you are actually off my finger list, Curtis. So I don't know where you were, but but you 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 you're off that list. But uh, 
yeah. You know, I'm, I'm glad you're feeling better. I'm glad uh, everything's fine. And, you know, we you, you have firsthand experience. Like you said, it's probably something that you don't want, but you've, it sounds like you have had things worse in your yeah, life. Yeah, I mean, I am, I mean, you know, if you want to look at a silver lining, I'm glad I didn't get like Delta when I had only one shot, you know, like, or, you know, when I was still going through the, um, vaccination process or get it right at the onset when there was no protection whatsoever. Like it could have been a lot worse. Mm -hmm. I got, I got a, I got like what's considered a less virulent strain. Plus I was protected by like the two vaccines and the booster. So, you know, I think that if there was a time to get it, I guess that's the time to get it. Well, I'm still dodging that bullet last man standing, but Hey, you're like Keanu Reeves in the matrix, man. Oh, or Will Smith in uh, Omega Man, or wait, his his wasn't called Omega Man. It was like I Am Legend, right? That's the yeah, I Am Legend was the uh, oh, yeah, and Omega Man uh, was the Charlton Heston one, right? Come on, Curtis. Yeah, that's where he's the last. He's the last man. Yeah, right? yeah, it's the same. Yeah. It's the same story. Same it's the same story. story. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because in, in here, here, let me flex my knowledge about that silly movie. Yeah, apparently, in the book. Uh, I think the book is actually called Omega Man, but at the end of the move, at the end of the book, he realizes, you know, the fact that the zombies are actually the norm or the, yeah. not the zombies, but like the creatures. That yeah, yeah. And that he 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 says that at the end of the movie where he goes, I am legend or something like that. And yeah. He's like the monster. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. Glad you're feeling better. On to the headlines. <laughs> a new epidemic is raging through Springfield, and this one didn't start with Krusty Burger's Whatchamacarcus sandwich. This one's an interesting one since it's, it is Lent, and if I was religious, I don't know what I'd give up. Uh, a lot of people give up meat during Lent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I don't really know the, two, the, the story. You just have to sacrifice something that you normally do. And... Yeah. But this man here. Man begins beer-only diet for Lent to raise money for Ken Anderson Alliance. So this gentleman, yeah, he's done this a few years, but yeah, he goes on a liquid-only diet, and the most calorie-dense liquid he takes in is is beer. Yeah, yeah. it is. It is full of calories. <laughs> you know, he he says it's the first couple of days is rough. Um, but then he kind of gets into a flow. I guess it's kind of like those fasting fads that people do and he's taking in liquid. So that's the most important thing. Yeah, yeah. There, there, is, there is a part in the story or I had also heard an interview with this gentleman that if he feels like he needs fruit in his diet, he just takes like a raspberry ale. Yeah. Yeah. Drink a rattler, you know, there you go. <laughs> maybe, maybe a, well, uh, I guess he, I guess cider would still be included cause it is a liquid diet. So maybe if he, yeah. you know, so he's not going to catch scurvy. No, no, that's 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 one thing you won't catch. Now, now, Curtis, if you were to go on Lent, what would you give up? I guess I'd probably give up. Uh, I'd, I'd <laughs> sounds so stupid coming from a forty-nine-year-old man. I'd probably give up video games. Oh, that'd be it. Would be a tough month, but I think I could do it. And and that, we're talking about everything, right? So no mobile yeah. phone. No, no, no. No match three ga- Candy Crush style games on my phone, or even Wordle. No Wordle. No, yep. Anything that's on a screen, anything that's on a screen, so I could still play. You know, like board games. I could still play. 
tabletop role playing games, uh, but I couldn't play. I couldn't play my precious Final Fantasy fourteen or Elden Ring or anything like that for the and and uh, yeah, it would be. Uh, I think it would be a challenge. But you know what? It's like anything. Like you know, because I've I've given up. Like I've I've you know had months where I've decided oh, I'm not going to drink. You know, drink beer, drink any alcohol, and like for the first like you know three or four days five days you can you know you can start jonesing for a beer and stuff like that and by the by the end of it you're sort of like this wasn't even hard <laughs> well i think i think a lot of people end up doing something they they, they cherry pick something that they know oh this is no big deal oh yeah. you're right i think i think mine would also be that I, I if if I was religious and and followed I guess what I understand what you're supposed to give up for Lent I think yeah video games would be it and maybe take up some board games right I did pick up a really good board game this is not a review I I think one day I might do a review once I played a bit more is I picked up Alien Fate of the Nostromo it's a what? cooperative board game throwback to uh 1979's alien mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think yep. you and i were talking about it just before right we were talking uh about the dead or alive alien version so i i found this game and it's it's loads of fun uh it can be tough it's cooperative uh there's one single alien on this nostromo and it's kind of like if you ever played among us you're given certain missions go to this thing and start fixing things so the, yeah. it follows that storyline where you have to go to different parts of the ship. The interesting thing is each game is different because you have to complete four submissions and there's a, a, a deck of submission cards and you only draw four. And then there's the final mission. The enemies in the game are the alien, which the more people you have, the faster the alien will move around because each time you take a turn, you have to move the alien or draw an alien card. But if you play a more difficult version, you actually play with Ash, the right. android in the game. So basically, he just steals all your resources and just becomes an annoyance. But it, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's quite it's quite fun. <laughs> um, and yeah, so you it's the goal is just complete the submissions. Then you flip over the final encounter card, and then it can play out. It basically plays out bits and pieces of the movie. Yeah, yeah. And each character has specific to characteristics and buffs yeah i say go check it out yeah aliens faded in the stromo board I game like, yeah i like co-op games like pandemic and stuff like that and and, and you can play two uh, two or more people mm-hmm. uh i think two people i think two people okay i think the more people you play the harder it gets because like i said every time someone ends a turn they have to move the alien Speaking of Lent, though, uh, you just reminded me of a story. There was one guy uh, that my brother and I knew when we were like younger, and he was talking about Lent. And like, we're not Catholic, so we didn't really know what he was talking about. But he was talking, saying like, "Oh yeah, you got to give something up." He goes, "I got to give up swearing." And I was like, "I don't, I don't know if it works that way." <laughs> I, I don't think so. I don't think so either. <laughs> like, I'm not Catholic, but I think you're doing it wrong. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> all right the next headline this one might be an easy thing to give up curtis is uh maybe burgers or burger king because burger king just permanently closed a location in toronto yeah how is, is that news. a headline <laughs> yeah this is news 
<laughs> next thing you know, next thing you know, it can close Burger King, but hands off my Quiznos, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. There's only there's only two Arby's left or whatever, so let's keep it. Let's keep them going. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's pretty weird because like any any sort of restaurant, sort of like chain restaurant closing is not really that big a news. And Burger King in particular doesn't really have that huge of a presence, you know. Like it's not like. You know, I, I'm more surprised when a McDonald's closed down still. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. even, right. e- you know, these days I'm not as surprised as I used to be, but it's still a powerful enough brand that I'm like, oh, I didn't expect to see that. But a Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> so th- there's a sign in front of the shop that says uh, closing March 15th. So it's already gone, folks. The closest Burger King to you, there's one on College and Spadina and one on Young Street across from the Eaton Center. Two. Yeah. Well, there is there we there there is uh, there's one on Danforth now. Oh, uh, as well, uh, and and you know, even though that despite what I just said earlier, it it opened up in the husk of a closed down McDonald's. <laughs> so that's pretty surprising. You don't see that too often. Like a McDonald's I, closes and a Burger King sprouts up in its place. When was the last time you think you ate at a Burger King? Oh God! Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, at least ten years ago. Okay, possibly I, I th- more. I, I think it's been a while since we've done just like the eat more episode. I think for the next episode, Curtis, you and I have to eat at a Burger King before the next episode and do a review. Yeah. Okay. I, I, you can I get those so. cheap. You can get the cheap. Uh, I see ads for the cheap uh, value value meal deals oh, all the for time. Sure. And wasn't it? Uh, wasn't their motto like "Have it your way"? Am I, am I thinking that right, or is that Harvey's? I thought Burger King was "Have it your way." I think, I think Burger King. I think that might have been Burger King. Harvey's had Harvey's had some similar because Harvey's truly is a "Have it your way" place, right? Like. Yeah, they, they, it's just like old school burger joint where they just roll the burger in front of you and then they say, <laughs> yeah. what do you want on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas Burger King, like I think like you have to like make a request to the surly teenager behind the counter. Like yeah, no but- onions. And he's like, all right, no onions. <laughs> <laughs> okay, boomer. Yeah. What do you have against onions? Yeah. What did he ever do to you? I, I used to have a joke about the Whopper was the fact that there wasn't enough meat content to actually call it a hamburger. So they had to call it something else. So they called it the Whopper. The Whopper. Well, don't, don't they call the Krusty Burger on the Simpsons like America's favorite meat flavored sandwich? <laughs> uh, and, and, so, so I'm thinking a Whopper is just that. Yeah. It's a meat flavored sandwich. <laughs> uh, the next headline is is not really a headline because we thought we'd just kind of talk a bit about the movie, but this is Pixar's Turning Red, which didn't get a theatrical release. I thought it did. I'm kind of curious why it didn't, but uh, Pixar's Turning Red is an unlikely culture war battleground. You and I both watched it. Yep. I liked it. I don't see what the big deal was. You know, it was kind of neat seeing... Yeah, I, I... scenes of old toronto right it was like kind of taking place in 90s toronto i guess yeah the sky dome it was so called the sky dome the rogers center was uh, hadn't hadn't uh, rebranded to its corporate moniker that it has now it was uh, it was really cool like uh, yeah it was fun to see see toronto sort of uh 
get to be in a movie because a lot of times it's standing in for an American city, as you know. Pixar has done some great stuff, and I think like this is right up there with like their 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 best work. Um, yeah, it's funny. It's uh, the Toronto stuff is great. Uh, you know, the the animation's fun, and it's yeah, we uh, we saw it at um, Heather's brother's place, and it was a multi generational audience. So there was like Heather's mom was there, and uh, you know her brother's, you know, in law parents were there, and then of course like my niece and nephew who are like you know seven and four, and it was great. Everybody liked it. Everybody had a good time, which makes this guy's review, which we'll get into, I guess, seem seem strange. Mm-hmm. So the review, I think, I think the review actually got retracted, right? Yeah, they took it down. Yeah. So this was for Cinema Blend, uh, and we'll call him out, uh, Sean O'Connell, which was the managing director. See, that's what got me was the fact that it was like the senior dude, not just some junior who wrote it and yeah. wanted to sound cool or whatever, sparked this thing. Which basically his thing was, oh, it was unrelatable no universal stories and i uh, you know just i didn't get it blah 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 blah. I, I i i'm not gonna bother reading the review i, I remember hearing it and i was like huh yeah what what movie were you watching yeah yeah the funny thing is is that and then we've you know we've you were showing me that beaverton article like uh you know reviewer who can't relate to turning red loves star wars or whatever like this is a like this is a, a a movie that takes place in like that in like you know a pretty relatable time for a lot of people like this guy i'm sure remembers the 90s mm-hmm. and it's a very human story right that it's it's a coming of age story it's right? A coming of age story um it's fine to uh criticize if you if you think the movie has has criticisms you know criticize the movie but just but just to to say like it's not relatable when i'm sure you can look at this guy's you know body of criticism and find you know that that he really liked i don't know the lawnmower man or something like that i don't know it just smacks as disingenuous what i like about it is just also it's just how weird her and her friends are yeah. <laughs> like the one that's always screaming. Yeah, there the was the one who's always screaming. Yeah, they all have, uh, the, you know, they're, they're uh, into this boy band and they all have their favorites. And, and, uh, and you know, they're at that time when sort of like, you know, because she ends up drawing that, uh, you know, doodling about the guy who works in the, uh, the convenience store. Mm-hmm. Sort of pictures of, uh, of them, you know, like kissing and 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 all this kind of stuff. Yeah, and 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 it's it's just sort of funny because when you're at that age, you're just sort of discovering that you're interested in people, you know, sort of uh, romantically and stuff. Like thirteen-year-old like girl, guy. she doesn't even really like that guy. But, but there's, a, and we've all had that, right? You're just like, oh, you know that. You know, you, you don't you, you see some person and then but then your mind will go there at one point in time. Like, I wonder what would happen if we like, you know, made out or whatever. And and I don't I thought that that was like done really, really well. 
and when they find like the pictures like the pictures are, are hilarious they have to make it like very sort of pg obviously you know but uh but the, but i think like the, like like there was like some outlandish some outlandish stuff in the in the doodles i don't know i thought i i, I thought that it uh that it hit a couple of uh key points that I thought about when you're growing up and it's a confusing time and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Uh, some fun things about the movie. So Billie Eilish and her brother wrote, I think the main four town song. Oh, right. And Phineas, uh, who he voices one of them. Oh really? Yeah. He voices. yeah, he voices Jesse. I think I, (laughs) I, I don't know. Uh, which one Jesse is exactly, but uh, because I guess you know, Four Town is like Backstreet Boys and Sync kind of slammed together, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And each of them have their own. Each of them, each of them have their own like little. Uh, they 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 say the bio of each of them, and they all have their own you know hobbies and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And yeah, it was pretty funny. Like yeah. it just it just reminded me of of that of that time and oh exactly um the the rest or rest of the score is actually done by ludwig Göransson, who right does the mandalorian, mandalorian yeah yeah and uh book of, does he, he does book of both Fett, right i think he does yeah yep so you know hippie with crazy instruments <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I liked it. I had no issues with it, but yeah, the great sub head, uh, sub headline to this story is from the Beaverton man who can't relate in air quotes to turning red loves star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the fake quote is the important part of crafting a story is to make it accessible. So this is Beaverton making fun of that, uh, O'Connell article. Yeah. Said Terrence, mapping out the rubric for film criticism he just came up with. As a white guy growing up in Toronto, I found it very hard to relate to what a Chinese-Canadian girl growing up in Toronto felt like. However, as a 23-year-old man whose parents were killed by stormtroopers, leading (laughs) me to discover my latent force-related powers in order to accept my destiny as the chosen one, Star Wars was immediately accessible to me, and that's why it's so great. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's just it's just basically basically like this guy it seems like he just didn't he 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 didn't want to do the work and and like watch it and like with an open mind and just said oh you know i don't understand this i don't understand this culture i don't understand or or like i don't understand like girl problems or something like that and just like you know uh, there's this other great line. Uh, white men from all across the nation have shared similar opinions, like pawn shop owner Gary McCormick, who reportedly found the Pixar film very unlikable, while <laughs> while also reportedly loving the film American Psycho for how the film follows a character you're meant to hate but just can't help liking. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gotta love the Beaverton. I, I, I just want to know, like, how, just, just the level of creative writing that they have, right? It's not just like making fun of a headline and walk away, but just kind of completing that article. Like, there's yeah. some art to it, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, something else that came out with Disney Plus was Moon Knight. Yes, Marvel new MCU piece. Moon Knigget 
<laughs> Curtis, what's yeah. your first impressions? I mean, can I get so I haven't seen the second episode yet. Heather and I watched the first episode. And um, again, like uh, much like I thought with WandaVision and uh, Loki, like just really interesting first, really interesting first episode, like definitely different from anything that's been in the MCU before. Like they're really, I think like, maybe because the stakes, the financial stakes aren't as great. Like they're really kind of willing to take chances. It seems in their TV universe. Mm-hmm. Oscar Isaac. Amazing already. Right. Yeah. I didn't know he was going to have a British accent. <laughs> you know, I, I, I liked it too. Uh, hopefully it'll pace better than the other previous TV show offerings. Yeah. That had some troubles with yeah. the pacing of the story it's got uh, six episodes right i think yep. yeah yep yep so same thing let's just hope now this one paced like it just went straight to it you, you kind of already understand the um what is his condition it's not schizophrenia that's actually like some type of real condition that they say that mark specter has right I, yeah. I can never remember in the comic book but it's like a multiple personality disorder. I don't know if that's the clinical term for it, but it'd be yeah. something like that. Yeah. Well, after Moon Knight goes on uh, in May, we have back to Galaxy Far, Far Away, uh, Obi Wan. Yeah. yeah. Now it got delayed uh, a week, but they're gonna throw two episodes out in that first week. Yeah. They, they got they got you and McGregor to actually do like this apology post i guess why'd they make him do it it's probably not his fault it's late well i guess they had to do something to calm the <laughs> calm the waters if you put on a friendly face and say don't worry folks we're still doing it and we're giving you two episodes in one keeping the expectations low so that when it is pleasantly surprisingly good then yeah it's amazing i think it's gonna be good i think it's gonna be good but i think it's gonna be the same sort of thing where like It'll be good on a very visceral level, and then we'll think about the plot, and then we'll be like, "How come they did that?" And like, that doesn't that doesn't mesh with this and stuff like that. But now, now I want to do a callback because last week I did post a rerun, and I have to apologize to anyone who read or listened carefully to my uh, intro to the episode. I'd actually posted the wrong episode that I introed to, but as a result, I found that episode that I did post. We were talking about the end of Mandalorian season two and going, where do they go from here? More importantly, how does it all tie into the movies? Because Star Wars loves their continuity. And with this retro continuity added in, Grogu leaving with Luke means the fate of Luke's school is not good. Mm -hmm. So I remember I made the comment, like, what are they going to do? You now introduce this beloved character only to say that Kylo killed him off. Yeah. And you made a great comment because you said, oh, well, maybe he'll just kind of like live the Jedi life for a bit and say, screw this. This is not for me and leave. Yeah. You totally called it. I did. I did. <laughs> he didn't even last like, I don't know, maybe, did, is it months maybe? Are we thinking maybe the time differential from him? Uh, well, maybe months. Maybe months. Yeah, he was he was distracted, wasn't really picking. And like Luke never made him a Beskar tunic. So um I think that you know. No, you know why he left Luke? Cuz Luke has suddenly became Qui-Gon's stoic boring. 
<laughs> like if he if he moved in with Farm Boy Luke or even Empire Strikes Back Luke, yeah. Like I I I made me think about that because I went back and watched that episode, and I just realized, wow, Jedi Knight Luke is not fun. No, he's, he's not. He's not, he's not picking up power converters and or or bullseyeing womp rats in his T-16. He's way too serious for that stuff. Yeah, he, he's he's sitting there, like, spouting wisdom that he never experienced. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, and this is... And if I can go back to The Last Jedi, I know we've talked about it a bunch of times, and, you know, people have their criticisms of that movie, and those criticisms are warranted. I think a lot of the criticisms coming with come from that last trilogy with... J.J. Abrams trying to undo what George Lucas did and then Ryan Johnson trying to undo what J.J. Abrams did and then J.J. Abrams trying to do, undo what Ryan Johnson did and making a mess. <laughs> right? Like that's... But as an individual movie, I like The Last Jedi and one of the reasons is because I like... I kind of like conflicted Luke because like the... Like you say, like the, the Obi-Wan 2.0 wisdom spouting Luke is boring yeah and if i was grogu i'm like i'm out of here yeah yeah you know. like like yeah i mean he's used to he's used to a certain level of he's used to he's used to a certain level of freedom he's used to a certain level of freedom and uh he's with luke it's all mandates yeah <laughs> talk about talk about uh, uh loosening the mandates and yeah. getting your freedom back. That's right. That's right. What do you mean? Can't I wear the Beskar armor and wield the lightsaber at the same time? Of course he can. <laughs> this is, those Jedi mandates, man. <laughs> oh, gotta love it. Curtis, you started off when we connected tonight talking about your gushing. I, I think you were actually legitimately gushing about your... I guess it would have been another two weeks of Elden Ring. Yeah. And you're 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 giving it a, a serious you said the L word. You actually said you loved it. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And and I'm surprised about a bit about how much I I, I like it. Cause I never really got into the Souls games. I've tried them all and I've liked them to a certain extent, but then once I hit sort of like a wall then I usually sort of lose interest and, and, and go for something else. But it's just the amount I finally got past sort of like the first big boss. And it took me a while. Now I'm at sort of like another big boss and he's giving me a bunch of trouble, but there's so much to explore. And I keep like, I'll just say like, well, this boss, this boss is ridiculously hard and stupid. So I'm just going to go and ride my horse this way. And you're always coming up to to you're always finding interesting things either like sort of like sub boss monsters to fight or treasure or like a dungeon or a tower or like you're just always finding cool stuff they've made the world so so fun to explore Mm -hmm. and like like way more fun personally for me to explore than like even skyrim which I really liked. Um, and, and so I have a lot of time for that. Like, it's just, it's just like you can sink a lot of time into it and just keep finding cool stuff. And I just don't know how they managed to, 
to design such a such an interesting open world it's it's getting a lot of buzz um throughout you know all of the internet when you read any of the gaming sites so you're you're not alone in in the way you're thinking yeah yeah i know it's sold pretty well i know it's like done you know it's 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 uh been critically acclaimed i I just i think i think i'm just so surprised about how how much i enjoy it i just like sometimes if i just have like half an hour to do to play or whatever i'll just get on my horse and i'll just go and hunt down hunt down trolls or whatever and ride by them on my horse and hack at their legs until they fall over (laughs) take all their runes you know like it's just okay so there's a phenomenon lately about video games and youtubers and content creators it's the speed run yes according to this the top player right now is from germany on the pc He's completed Elden Ring in 26 minutes and seven seconds. That's insane. <laughs> That's insane. At first, I thought I at first I I thought I read it wrong. I went, hold on, is that 26 hours and seven minutes? And then I realized, no, that's 26 minutes. That's crazy. I wonder if that's like a new game plus type of thing or. Uh, it's version 102. Point three. Oh, that's he, that, he, that. That was before they nerfed my favorite skill. He 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 posted it six days. the The time was posted six days ago. Wow, that's crazy. I don't know how you could do that. Uh, you know, German efficiency. German buddy. efficiency. Even even, even in is. even in even in video games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, it, it, the the speed run guys are insane. How how they just kind of piece this all together. Yeah, and you, you, that means you've got to fight like fairly significant bosses, really under leveled, and you know, I don't know how you do it. Well, they all they post everything on YouTube, so you can watch all twenty six minutes if you really want to see what, how, and how they were able to achieve it. I'll take a look. <laughs> I'm, I'm clean. No, it's good. No, no, it's good. Uh, on my end, I'm still enjoying the PS Five. It's only been, geez, it's not even been a month since I've had it. I, I picked up a external hard drive for it, uh, five terabytes. Yeah. Now, Curtis, you and I were talking back in the days when you and I were playing Diablo 2 on a PC, yeah. five terabytes probably would have costed like 30 to 50 grand, maybe 100 grand. I have no idea how much it would have cost yeah, back then. I don't know if I even had a concept of, of what a terabyte was back then. So... I thought, you know what, I'm going to do this because I'm, I'm afraid of uh, Sony pulling the plug on all my games. So I've always subscribed to PS Plus. So I have over 300 games through that program, that subscription program. Right. Yeah. So I down, I downloaded them all. Yeah. And and it's like maybe I may maybe have like two terabytes worth of games. Yeah. Um and. Yeah, it's 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 great because I figured transferring moving games off of the drive is still faster than re-downloading everything. Yes. So yes, I, I figured, okay, I'm just going to keep it on that drive. No big deal. And then you could just cycle them out. You can move what you're playing to that to the uh, to to the native hard drive and yeah, you know, swap or yeah. or if I just or if I wanted to just try it out, I can still play. 
PS4 games off the external drive. That's what I do. I, I use my, I have an external drive. It's not, 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 not as big as yours. It's maybe like one terabyte, but uh, yeah, it's got all my PS4 games and then my PS5 games live on the, the inadequately sized native hard drive. <laughs> I know. I, 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 <laughs> I remember what I went. Okay, I gotta, I gotta finish these games. And next thing you know, I got a warning saying I didn't have a space. I was like, "Are you kidding me? When yeah. did this thing come?" I didn't even know. Like, I bought the, I, I jumped on buying that PS5. I had no idea what the specs were, so I had to actually grab the box because yeah. I was shocked that I ran out of space so soon. I'm like, "What is in this?" Yeah, thing? yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, "Oh!" And then it was just immediately once I got back from vacation, I went, "Okay, no messing around. Not buying like a small external drive. I'm gonna get like." the honkingest thing I could find and uh, and also in terms of speed as well. So, yeah, that's the big issue with getting it. It was the same with my switch. Like my switch's specs because it's a launch switch are just disgusting compared to like somebody who's bought a switch recently, like battery life, um, you know, all that kind of the storage isn't an issue because you're using SD cards, but uh and then it was the same with uh, with the PS4. I got the PS4 early enough uh, in its uh, life cycle that I just had like that. That's why I that that terabyte hard drive hard drive I got for the PS4 just because the 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 hard drive that came with it was like was like piddly. You got to do what you got to do. Maybe, yeah. I mean, see, that's why that's why it's a good thing we didn't give up video games for Lent. Otherwise, we'd just be like. Would probably be bouncing off the walls. I think I'd just be watching people's Elden Ring speedruns, and it would drive me nuts. <laughs> well, you're just gonna have to try, Curtis. Yeah. All right. Well, you can catch Curtis and I weekly on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and now Amazon Music. The big four. It only, it only took six months to get onto Amazon. I have no idea why, but we're finally on that platform. And the funny thing is, it's the platform that if you talk to anybody, like who's using Amazon Music? Um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and watch, watch, watch. We find our biggest audience there too. That wouldn't that be the the ironic thing? Yeah. Uh, any case, just remember to hit that subscribe button if you are on a platform that you can uh, provide us with a content or rating. Please do uh, so that people can find our little podcast. So, Curtis, before you completely lose your voice, because I know that you're still recovering, any final words? Um, yeah, I just uh, just thank thanks uh, for uh, for the well wishes while I was sick. I appreciate that, Larry, and uh, uh, it's good to be back. And uh, yeah, I think the voice held up. You know, it's 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 on its last legs, but uh, got through the episode. Well, you know, at, at least we didn't get you to sing this episode, or you know. There's still time. There's still time. Read some. Read some really long Shakespearean soliloquy. <laughs> Is this a dagger that I see before me? Oh, or or are you gonna do something like a little ad lib with Denzel as uh, uh, Macbeth and Training Day? <laughs> King Lear's got nothing on me. <laughs> Okay, and just remember that sometime cucumber is just a cucumber. Good luck while I'm working from home.